today I am excited to continue um, talking about birds and the particular bird that I am going to talk about today is or has become one of my absolute favorite birds. This bird is in my yard all year round and I just love watching this bird. This bird has been mistaken as the red robin, but it's not the red robin, but because of its bright red color, that is why it's mistaken as a red robin, which I've kind of found out that the red robin is not actually red, but you know, that's another day. But if you haven't guessed it um, by the color of the bird or by simply looking at the title of this podcast, it is about the cardinal. Yes, 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 this beautiful cardinal. So I have a lot that I want to talk about with this bird. I can't cover everything, of course, but I am going to talk quite a bit about this bird. And then um, I have a story that I'm going to read to you in the Bible as well. So with this cardinal, there's so much to cover. But I want to start off telling you um, about what I saw, what I have observed in the yard. So um, <clears throat> probably about a week ago, I was sitting um, in my kitchen at my table having a cup of uh, tea while listening to a podcast. I actually listened to Joyce Meyer. And um, while I was doing this um I'm looking out the window. This is what I do every morning. Well, I'm, I'm having my tea or my coffee and listen to a podcast. And I am looking out the window. At least since it's been cold. It's really just too cold for me to be outside. Um, other than feeding the animals on the, the homestead. So, um, as I was sitting, um, I saw a female... Um, she was a baby cardinal that was on the ground feeding um, because they are ground feeders. So they, he was, uh, or she was on the ground feeding and um, she flew away. And then a female cardinal, cardinal, adult female came in the same place and fed on the ground and then before you knew it I looked up and a male cardinal landed um, right on my doorstep my my porch and he watched the female and the baby and uh, he opened his little beak (laughs) and started making these noises singing a song and the whole scene was just so precious um, because the male was protecting, um, assuming that that was his female and his little baby bird. I don't know. I'm just assuming. It was a perfect little family there. He was protecting, which the information that I've looked up, I have found that these uh, male birds are very, very protective of their uh, mates for life. Um, Although sometimes they do what they call divorce their mates. Quite funny, but... um, this is a bird that normally stays with his mate. 
And so the whole little scene was just so precious. And um, it's amazing what you learn when you're just observing and you're not bothering them. You're just observing them in their natural habitat. And so I went on NatureWorks website. It's actually nhpbs.org. So this is NatureWorks in connection with PBS. If I'm, if I have this completely right, but the website is nhpbs.org if you want to look it up. But it talks about the Northern Cardinal and I'm just going to read a little bit from this website. It says, uh, you know, I like to talk about the characteristics. So the cardinal is about eight inches in length. It has a black mask on its face, a crest on its head, and a short cone-shaped build. Bill. The mask on the female is usually lighter the mask on the male. Cardinals are known for their bright red color, but only the male is red. The female is a dull brown or olive color with dull red on her wings and tail. And so if you see a cardinal and you do, most of the time you see a male because because of the bright red color. But to be able to tell the female, the female is indeed a brown olive-ish olive color. And I like to say that it has highlights of red. You can see the highlights on the head um, and uh, the wings and the tail. And I was even just kind of watching how they perch and how they kind of flap their tail down. And then when they fly off, they kind of lift it up. Just, you know, bird watching. You just kind of watch um, all the things, different things that they do. Tail is quite long. Um, it's a very beautiful bird. The birds eat seeds, grains, fruits, insects. Um, they love sunflowers. If you uh, sunflower seeds, if you want to try to attract them to your yard more than likely they're already in your yard <laughs> your yard is a perfect habitat for them speaking of habitats cardinals tend to live at the edge of, of woodlands and in the vegetation near houses and gardens the male cardinal will aggressively defend its territory in fact the male cardinal may even defend its territory from a reflection of itself in a window or a mirror um, and I, there are several birds that would do that. Um, they think that their reflection is another bird and they can be quite aggressive. I believe sparrows are like that. Um, I believe. So, um, interesting. So, uh, their behavior. Cardinals, cardinals are none. My, uh, they don't migrate. Okay, so that's where you see them all year round. Most cardinals live within a mile of where they are born. Cardinals are songbirds, and the male uses his call to attract a mate. Unlike northern songbirds, <clears throat> the female also sings. Females will often sing from the nest in what may be a call to her mate. Cardinal pairs have song phrases that they share. If you listen carefully, on the first sunny days of late winter, 
you may hear the cardinal's song. It sounds like cheer, 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 or a short chink, chink, chink. So I'm actually going to play some sounds for you. If it'll work, it should work, and I'm going to play some sounds for you. So <clears throat> there is another website that you can go to, several websites, but there is a forum on AmericanExpedition.us that also has some other um, information and facts on cardinals, which I told you they are year-round residents within their range. Um, it says they get their bright colors from the pigments found in berries and other plant materials in their diet. It's interesting. I never would have thought that. Uh, pairs of male and female cardinals remain with each other year-round. Pairs usually do not stray very far away from each other. Um, I'm not going to get too much into um, them having babies and, you know, their eggs and all of that, how they hatch. And I'm not going to get too much into that. And even what they eat, uh, the simple stuff, you know, that they eat. Um, I think also they kind of hang around because of the cracked corn and stuff that I feed my chickens you know they're um sometimes I purposely drop some outside of the chicken coop area so that you know they have something to eat um so I think that's another reason why they kind of hang out as I my yard is full of cardinals okay all kinds of birds actually is all of the birds that I cover in this little short series um, that I'm doing on birds, they hang out in the yard quite a bit. But the cardinal is the one that I see the most. And of course, because of his bright color, it's pretty easy to, to tell which, you know, to tell what it is and then to spot it. But I mean, there are times where it's like multiple ones on the ground, you know, foraging. So very, very beautiful very serene so I'm gonna try to play some sounds for you so you kind of know what they sound like and this is coming from all about birds which I use quite a bit for uh, bird information allaboutbirds.org and let's see there are so many calls I'm just gonna play a few of them so this is the common call that you would hear So you heard that. <laughs> okay, so that's one of them. A duet. are also kind of uh if you go on here to listen to their calls they also kind of um they recorded them in different states um it's still all the same um but it's it's just interesting that they did it i don't know why it's like a bunch of calls that they've done where they recorded it but they did it all in different states um but i'll do this call which is a long crested song is what it's called so here it goes 
let's try a juvenile call. I'm telling you, I could listen to this all day. <laughs> this bird is my absolute favorite. It's just so entertaining to watch. So beautiful. And because of its beauty and its boldness, that vibrant right red color that just announces itself as it drops down on a branch or drops down on the ground to forage for seeds and insects. That beautiful color captures the air. And it is so easy to know exactly what bird this is. Other birds, it may be difficult, especially if you're not a bird person. You may not know what a morning dove looks like. You may not know what the difference is between a house finch and a sparrow. You may not know what the mockingbird or the woodpecker looks like, or even, you know, just, um, what is this other bird that I see all the time? The American Robin, when I talked about the red robin, the American Robin, the American Robin actually is very distinctable. And that's gonna be on another podcast, so look forward for that one. But other than the American Robin being a very distinctive bird to know what it is when it lands down in your yard, it's pretty easy to know what that bird is. The cardinal overpowers and trumps all. And because of that, because of its beauty and you knowing exactly what it is when it lands in your yard and all of the beautiful sounds that this bird makes. And let's not get it twisted. Even the female is just as beautiful. She might not be that vibrant red. And God knows, I don't know why in nature it seems like the male has all the beauty. Mm. And I have to ask the Lord about that when it's time to go to heaven. But the female is still just as beautiful. That grayish or that brownish olive color. Because you can see all of those colors blended so perfectly on her chest and on her back and then you have those highlights of that vibrant red it may not be as vibrant but it has that highlights of the red i mean it's still a beautiful bird and it still has she still has that black mask on her face i call them sometimes the bandit birds <laughs> because they look like they're about to go rob a place i'm gonna take all the sunflower seeds you got and the cracked corn but it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful bird. Very distinct head, very distinct bill. So it's so easy to recognize this bird takes charge when it comes into your yard. You absolutely know what kind of bird this is. And because of that, it leads me to a story in the Bible that is the person, the way that this person is in the Bible, it's a king, reminds me so much of this powerful yet simple cardinal. And when I come back, we're going to jump right in.
we are going to talk about a king, a very special king, one of my favorite kings in the Bible. It is King David's son, King Solomon. I'm not going to go into all of the details and every single thing that Solomon did, but I am going to talk about two particular texts um, from 1 King about this king that makes him stand out among the rest, just like the cardinal. That vibrant, bright red that the cardinal has is everything that this man was and still is when you read about him. You will have to do some more digging on your own, but I'm going to start at 1 King chapter 9, and I'm going to read from the NIV version, and I'm going to read verse 1 through 9. <clears throat> and <clears throat> the way the Gateway Bible has it is it starts out saying that as a title that the Lord appears to Solomon. So let's dig right in. When Solomon had finished building the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had achieved all he had desired to do, the Lord appeared to him a second time as he had appeared to him in Gilbeon. I apologize if I pronounced that right, but I think I'm pretty close. Verse 3. The Lord said to him, I have heard the prayer and plea you have made before me. I have consecrated this temple, which you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. <clears throat> Verse 4, as for you, if you walk before me faithfully with integrity of heart and uprighteousness, as David, your father, did, and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish a royal throne over Israel forever. As I promised David, your father, when I said, you shall never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. But if you or your descendants turn away from me and do not observe the commands and decrees I have given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land I have given them and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. Israel will then become a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. This temple will become a heap of rubble. All who pass by will be appalled and will scuff and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer, because they have forsaken the Lord their God, who brought their ancestors out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why the Lord brought all this disaster on them. <coughs> so we know that Solomon 
basically has a promise from the Lord and with a promise from the Lord because of his faithfulness because of the king that he was because he upheld all of God's commandments God give, had given him a promise but those that promise came with conditions and how many of us have been given a promise by the Lord but we don't seem to think about the fact that that promise comes with conditions. So we'll talk about that. Now we're going to go down to the second part I want to talk about. And it's 1 Kings 10 and verse 1 through 10. And then we'll skip down to verse 13. So verse 1. When the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan, with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold, and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants of their robes, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. Verse 6, she said to the king, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me. In wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God who was delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. And she gave the king, listen to this now. Verse 10, and she gave the king 120 talents of gold, large quantities of spices and precious stones. Never again were so many spices, never again were so many spices brought in as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Verse 13, King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba. Now she just gave him some stuff now. Verse 13, King Solomon gave to Queen of Sheba all she desired and asked for, besides what he had given her out of his royal bounty. Then she left and returned to her own country. Now, who, when you are obedient and you are doing everything, with wisdom and with honor God will give you a promise he gives you a promise 
he gave him a promise with conditions. But if you don't do this, this is what happened. This is what will happen. And then on top of that, this, this was, he, the things that he did was so great and so honorable, which again, the vibrantness, if you will, of this whole thing reminds me of that cardinal, that boldness. So because he did all of these things for the Lord, not for himself, not out of pride, but for the Lord, not out of wanting attention, but for the Lord. I heard somebody say, you shouldn't give to be seen, but you should be seen giving. He wasn't doing this to get the attention of people, but he did this. And because he did it, the attention was to the people. So Queen Sheba, who already has so much herself, and she she rolls in, she rolls into town, okay, with her great caravan and then she had camels and spices and gold and stones because when when you're giving this this is how they gave when they would go they would bring stuff that was worth something okay and bring no cheap dollar store stuff they brought stuff that was worth something and she's bringing this She's a queen bringing this to another king who who probably has all of this too, right? He has all of this stuff. But it wasn't even about that. So she came because of his great wisdom. She wanted to sit underneath that same wisdom. And the crazy part is She has everything. She's blessing him and he's got everything. So he turns right back around and bless her with 120 talents of gold, large quantities of spices and precious stones. Now, I didn't look up what that calculates up to today. The 120 talents of gold. Let me see if I could Google it real quick. Just see what will happen. If I Google that, what is 120 talents of gold worth today? Let's see. Wow. Y'all. It's a number I can't even I can't even put into words how <laughs> this number let me see It is in the millions It is over 118 million dollars Wow Wow So If you go in and just kind of Google what a lot of these numbers are, you kind of know that these people were not poor. They were rich. That's a lot. And I didn't even Google how much the spices were because, you know, the spices in precious stones were worth 
some stuff too, you know? So these these people were rich. And she was carrying spices and then it says large quantities of gold. And then he turned right back around and give her large quantities of spices, precious stones, and gold. So they just exchange, they basically just exchanging money. Okay. Let me see who could be, who could bless you more. I, my blessing is better than your blessing. I could bless you better than you can bless me. And I sure want to do that. I sure want to do that. Let you bless me. I'm going to turn back around. I'm going to bless you even better than you bless me. This, this was, this is crazy. This is crazy. And if you continue to read on verse 14 on down, you would even find out even more how much he had. Because it says he had 666 talents. So, yeah. <laughs> These people were rich. So you have this promise that's given to you because of how great and honorable you are. Then the Lord comes back and say, but the, this promise comes with conditions. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you everything that you need with the conditions of you be obedient to me. You serve me. All your people serve me. Yeah, You don't have no people that's just going off doing their own thing. Okay. And then you look down further and you see because he, he obeyed the commandments, because he continued to operate in wisdom, let wisdom have her perfect work. Then the Lord blessed him even the more. Blessed him even the more. So, the lesson to be learned here is keep the promises of God. Don't do it your way. Operate in wisdom. Wisdom is that great honor. It is that vibrant honor. People will notice you. Because of your great honor that you have for the Lord, they will, they will notice you because your wisdom, your wisdom and your love and your obedience is so great. It shines bright red. Just think of it shining bright red, just as bright as the cardinal. When the cardinal shows up, you know what bird it is. It may be a ton of birds on the ground, but you know, even with the American uh, robin, having a distinct look you're still gonna know what that cardinal is way before you even know what what the american robin is because it stands out phone ringing again <laughs> but it stands out it is that bright vibrant red that bright vibrant red and that represents that wisdom that Solomon had that great wisdom that Solomon had man I want to be like that I want to have great wisdom like that not for people to notice me but if I have it people will notice me I'm keeping the promises of God and I'm obeying his commandments I'm accepting the conditions so 
I really hope that you got something out of that. I'm at home and the kids are home and the guinea pigs in the back making up some noise. <laughs> Kristen's backyard is in Kristen's house. His homestead is just still animals going on, but, you know, doing their thing. But I hope that you got something out of this. And I mean, I sure did. I really, really enjoyed reading this story. And I'm just overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed at the beauty and the character of Solomon. And I just hope and pray that I could just have a portion. I don't even, not even half, just a portion of the wisdom that Solomon had and hopefully a little bit of that gold and those talents right <laughs> those quantities of gold and the precious stones and the spices and like this is better than the spices we cook with right this is some good stuff right here the spices they had they could just turn that into liquid and make perfume they could cook with it whatever the case it was some good stuff I don't know that we have things in, in our life now that is just as precious and valuable. You know, we're, we're so caught up in the materialistic things of what we see on television. And, oh, somebody's in a rap video with a gold chain around their neck. But that could not even compare to the beauty and the realness of what they had. It was It far surpasses what Solomon and Queen Sheba had was... It far surpasses anything that we see today. The stuff that we see is just, that's just nothing. That's just, and and this is what they did, right? So when you see, when you are, when you, I was, I was taught that, um, well, I wouldn't even say taught, but I have found as, as growing older, I've noticed that, you know, some people, when you are a guest in their home, you give a gift to them. And um, that's something that I kind of picked up and learned as I got older. And I, I try to do that. Sometimes I don't always remember because I wasn't necessarily raised that way. But if somebody's coming over, say, to they're coming from out of town and they're going to spend a night to try, which is not often, but, <laughs> you know, to try to give them a gift. Because really and truly, that's what... Queen Sheba and King Solomon was doing they were giving each other gifts that was like the thing and it should be something that we carry on to today to just be a blessing and 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 this is the type of blessing where you know sometimes when a person has a lot and you don't really have a lot and you don't really know well what can I give them they already have everything but here it didn't matter it, it didn't matter that King Solomon already had everything. So did Queen Sheba. She still gave him stuff. And then he turned right back around and gave her stuff. And it was some of the same stuff. Money, gold. Okay, you give me 10,000, I'm going to give you 12,000. I mean, it, it was just crazy. And and the attention wasn't even on that. I'm pointing that out. But that's not where where the attention was. The attention, don't get me wrong, is on the wisdom. It's on the wisdom. So when, I guess the moral of that is, is when you're giving, your attention is not necessarily on what you're giving as far as, okay, that person has everything. They got $1,000. I'm going to go ahead and give them $1,000 too. No, 
It's on the service that that person has offered, the love, the compassion, the wisdom that they have to give. And just for somebody that's already operating in so much power, Queen Sheba, she's already operating in power. But it also amazes me that even with her status, she still saw the need to have more wisdom in her life. So it was never about the gifts, but I'm pointing that out because I want you to see that this is what you do. This is what they did. They gave gifts and they really wasn't concerned about what they, the other person already had. They gave gifts, but they gave gifts because of the wisdom, right? Because of something that was you could not put a price on it. You could not put a price. So maybe that's why it wasn't, you know, it, it didn't really matter. It was just like, okay, I'm going to give you this. You're going to give me the same thing, but I'm giving you this because what you're really giving me is priceless. So if we can learn to be givers, not really caring about the amount per se, but just to be giving to others who have given us wisdom, somebody that's in your life, they're, they're giving you more than money can buy. It's priceless. So when you give to them, it's just you giving of yourself. And that's the valuable lesson in this story. And that is why I'm just so overwhelmed by that. I'm so overwhelmed by the promise and then the conditions and then the giving. But then most of all, the wisdom in spite of status. Because we can get in a position in our lives where we you can't tell folks nothing. Like, oh, I'm the pastor of this such and such church and, you know, what you're telling me, I don't have to receive that because I, my position is at a higher position than yours. Oh, well, I'm the CEO of the company. So the little complaint that you have about customer service and how this is going, I don't have to pay any attention to that because my job is more important and I have better things to do. Really? That's not what we see here, though. This is a queen who traveled outside of her own country. See, this, the stuff that Solomon was doing, it traveled by word of mouth. And then this is a queen who got her own thing going on. But she's so overwhelmed. She has to sit underneath him. She leaves her country bringing gifts because we see you don't go nowhere without bringing gifts or bringing gifts but just want to sit underneath his wisdom that's amazing talk about humility talk about true being humble really being humble for real that's what you see here so next time you see a beautiful red cardinal or even the brown olive highlighted with red female cardinal maybe just maybe it'll make you think about queen sheba and most of all the wisdom that king solomon had
Thank you so much for listening to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. I can't wait to come back next week because I got more birds, y'all, to talk about. Oh, they're everywhere during the winter. No insects, nothing else, but there are birds. There are two animals I am going to cover toward the end of the season, which is drawing near, but I got to get these birds out, y'all. We got to talk about these birds. I have to have you all looking more in your yard okay you gotta be looking we see birds all the time we don't even know what they are i'm gonna teach you a thing or two you gotta know what birds are right in your own backyard and then knowing that seeing those things seeing those birds you can learn something you can learn something and apply it to a biblical principle in the bible wisdom love you all Thank you so much for your listenership and your support. And I will be back next week. God bless you. Hi, this is Kristen. And thank you again for listening to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. I want to offer you an invitation today, an invitation to Christ. For John 3.16 states that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If that is you today and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, all you have to do is confess your sins to him and then say, Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. And there you are saved. Please subscribe to my channel so that you can receive all of my future podcasts and then go on over to YouTube and look up Encouragement from Kristen's Homestead and you can follow me there as well. And as an addition, I am also on Instagram at Encouragement from Kristen. Thank you again for listening and God bless.